Folks, welcome to the podcast. We're very excited. We have a really good episode for you today. Uh, we have uh, a guest, our second guest uh, in the history of the show. Um, we let's everybody say hi, Steve, Tony, say hello. Third guest. Hello, Third everyone. Guest. Third guest. Steve was a guest. Steve was our yeah, first Steve guest. Steve doesn't count as a guest. That doesn't. He was you're our first nitpicking. guest, like on episode six or something. You're nitpicking. Um, That's what I do. I, it is what you do. Uh, so just, folks, we're going to get real uh, right away. Uh, John, uh, Uncle John, your your local podcast uh, host, has been having a rough month. Um, I don't, I'm not going to get into the, the whole of it. Um, it involves things that are terrifying to most normal human beings. So, Tony, you can count that this is true. It's all truly, true. Terif- truly terrifying. So the benefit of living in New York... Uh, you, there's obviously a lot of stuff to do, so I had a lot of time to get my mind off of things, and uh, so I took uh, the day and I went up to the Museum of Natural History um, in Central. It's on Central Park West. You'll see. I mean, I, I talk about that a little bit in the video. Um, it was a truly great day. I got to go by myself. I wasn't hassled by anybody. The, my only problem, obviously, is that there was not much in the way of reptiles in general. There was one small room. Um, have any anyone else ever been? I never have. I have not. It was really, it was really upsetting. Just that the you know the lack of uh, lack of reptilian stuff. But they did have one thing that was truly worth it. And um, you know, just in walking around, obviously there's a lot of dinosaurs and a lot of really cool stuff. Really, it was an amazing experience. Definitely check out the Museum of Natural History. Obviously, uh, but while I was there, I was able to see something that I thought was really cool. Uh, so let's let's play that. Uh, I'm I'm always always thinking of you guys, obviously. So I, I took a little video while I was there. Uh, so I'm going to now be quiet so that we can play the video for you. All right, guys. I'm here at the Museum of Natural History um, uh, in New York City, Central Park West, um, the home of one of the great science communicators, Neil deGrasse Tyson. So I figured I'd give you guys a little bit of a peek at what's going on here. Behind me I have the exhibition of the body, the carcass, if you will, of Lonesome George. Um, so we're going to check that out for you guys real quick. Hopefully I've given you enough of a, of a segue into this. Um, that is him. Um, again, this is from the island of Lupinta. Uh, we covered in the last episode the uh, population of the island of Hispaniola has recovered remarkably. Much 15 animals remaining. Now there's over a thousand. Um, this is one of the less fortunate islands, or one of the inhabitants of the less fortunate islands. Um, not a crazy amount of, uh, of interest. I, I've been here for about 15, 20 minutes. And, Maybe there's been 60 people come in here. Um, just exhibited right next to the dinosaurs, and I think that might be a problem. Uh, closely related to the V turtles, that we also discussed in the last episode. But, um, yeah, this is, this is him. He's actually a little bit smaller uh, than I would have thought. But again, he's just one example of that. Of that uh, of a genus species. Um, this young that lady is delightful. And get a chance to talk to her. Um, so, 
Well, that is him. Lonesome George, lonesome no more, adored by millions a year. Um, sobering reminder, though. This is what can happen if things don't change. Right? Thanks, guys. Um, so you're welcome. Okay, folks, you're welcome for getting a, a sneak peek into that. Um, the best part was that to go you don't, you don't, you just, you saw everything that you needed to see. Mm -hmm. The little old lady that I, that I was, I, I, I briefly, um, I briefly mentioned in that was the, she was amazing. I didn't even talk to her cause I was, I was, I felt weird. I was there. It says in the video that I was there for 15, 20 minutes. I was there for literally one hour. That was not the only take of the video. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, she kept giving me like weird looks, but because I, I was like trying to like film her a few times, but like she was really, really energetic. She was talking a lot about the, um, a lot about the process of the the taxidermy, which um, we have a link to. There's a there's a video on the American Museum of Natural History website that is uh, that kind of goes into some of the explanations for that, and it was really it was really amazing. Um, she kept talking about the folds of the neck. She said experts worked on the folds of the neck for uh, an entire summer. Um, yeah. not sure why that was it, uh, the most important thing, but, um, yeah, it was, it kind of speaks for itself, you know, great. Isn't that great though? They have an, they have an expert there to talk about that installment and they talk about the taxidermy and not the fact that it's Lonesome George. Right. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, there was a couple things that I was like, okay, this is, you know, she should be saying this, but I mean, so just kind of, um. You know, just me being, me being me. But um, but it was good though, and it's just it's just such a unique thing. Obviously, so many. I don't know. How, it's I don't know what the numbers are, obviously, but like there's going to be a number of species that are going to go extinct in our lifetimes, and mm -hmm. not many of them are we going to be able to actually see, um, after they're extinct to see a good you know a, a good specimen, and we're not going to know also when that actual one died. We know June twenty fourth, two thousand ten. They, you know, we know when the last one died. It's just weird. It's just really weird. Mm -hmm. um, but a cool, cool experience. So, Tone, when you come he down, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna go. Did he die in 2010? 2010. Has it been that long? No way. It, I, hold on. I wrote it down. It's either 2010 or 2012. 2012 sounds better to me. 12. I think. You double check. 2012, 2012, sorry. Yeah, 2012. 2012. Don't mess with a couple turtle nerds, man. I know, I know, right? We've killed for uh, less, my friend. Uh, so check out, though, we have, a, we do have, uh, the, I think we're going to be able to put up the link to that, uh, to the article on the American Museum of Natural History, and there's also a really good article in the uh, Scientific American, um, you know, just about about that and about the, uh, the process. Um, so check those out. Um. We are gonna let's get let's get into uh, inter, introducing our guest, um, Tony. You wanna you wanna take that away? You wanna tell them a little bit about who we have here? I didn't know I was gonna do the honors. Thank you for that. Thank you for that curveball. Yeah. Um, this is Kevin Labile, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, Kevin is um, French. He's from France. That's what French means. Um, he's a really bright. Uh, a really bright kid, and um, for whatever reason, um, we at the Turtle Room are extremely uh, drawn to 
bright young people who have decades ahead of them in this stuff and um, show promise that one day they could uh, end up being way more important than us and we will just be happy to be friends with them. So Kevin is one of those guys. He's studying right now in Arkansas, correct? Yes. Exactly. And you're studying to get, are you studying to get your PhD? <clears throat> yeah, PhD in computer sciences. Oh my gosh, you're so smart. Uh, we also like smart people. No. Too. Yeah, no, you are. You <laughs> Don't are. be modest. I will argue with you on this one. I will. I will. That's so cool. So um, <laughs> Kevin is also um, an expert on um, the genus Pelustios, which um, for those of you who don't know um, what that is, that's um, the African mud turtle. Um, he'll correct me if I say anything wrong, but... Um, a really cool genus and a really underrepresented genus um, in American collections and a really understudied genus and a really under uh, misunderstood genus or I don't know maybe there's just there's just not much known about them and there's not a lot of interest especially here in the United States so a misunderstood um, genus just like me right Right. So, uh, Kevin, let's get let's let's talk about it. Let's get yeah, right into it. Let's, um, tell me wh why is it that uh, African African reptiles are so <clears throat> understudied? Uh, so, from a point of view, and I've been asking uh, people around me, uh, what do they think? And we all came to the same point: is uh, mainly the African continent is. It, lack, it lacks an interest, and especially in herpetology. Like, not many people are really interested in uh, Africa anymore. And uh, I, I think that's the main reason. It's the lack of interest toward Africa, uh, which, is, which is kind of bad, because um, the, like, the, the origin of turtles comes, comes from Africa, actually. It's the, the they discovered yeah, it, it's been discovered, like, uh, last year, I believe, is, uh, I forgot the name, uh, oh, damn it, Uno, Uno, Uno Africanus, something like this, it's, it's like a, like a lizard, which is like 260 million years old, and that's what gave birth to, to uh, the Kilindians. Is that the animal that that had the you know when the rib cage the rib started yeah, to come yeah. flat and fuse together? Yeah, yeah exactly. That it's this one, yeah. And it's been it's been discovered in Africa. So yeah, Africa is kind of the. Origin. Everything was going on in Africa. They everything started there, huh? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> it's a it's an amazing hobby. Yeah. Okay. So is there? I mean. In light of the fact that obviously there's so much going on there, and from you know now to obviously to the origin of time, why is it? I mean, do we know why it's not in you know an interesting thing to people? Uh, I, don't I mean, yes, I don't, obviously if, nobody if, knows. But. Well, I think like if we take an example, uh, it happened in Africa. Uh, have you heard about that books related to like? Uh, African monkeys, the gorillas or something. Well, n nobody cared about those monkeys until someone wrote a book about them. Mm. Uh, it was right, a, right. it was a lady, and she wrote a book 
Is that Jane, Jane Goodall with the gorillas? Yeah. Is that what yeah, we exactly. chimpanzees? Diane, no. Jane Goodall was, was, well, she's both, but she had the big thing was the, the gorillas. <laughs> and Diane Fossey was the other one that uh, she, she got murdered <laughs> in the 70s. And that was the big thing. You got, it takes a white lady to die. That's when everyone gets interested. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So do we so, need yeah, to that, go that and kill somebody? Yeah, I think that I think we need such an example for uh, for our turtles. I think I don't know. It could help. Sure. <laughs> okay. But so it was. Who's, who's wanting to do it? That's the question. Right. Well, Steve, who is? Definitely, definitely Steve. If I had to, <laughs> I had to nominate one of us to go over and kill a Caucasian woman. For the for the future of turtles, I would definitely nominate Steve. I don't know. I don't know. It's smooth enough to do that. Like I don't th- like you know. What no, I mean? It has to look like an accident. It can't look like some turtle. You know, some turtle guys went over there to drum up interest. It has to be like make that's it look like point. a mistake. I don't see Steve doing that. <laughs> that's my point. They'd never they'd never suspect it. He's such a nice guy. They'd never suspect it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I'm not sh- I'm not sure if that's a, that's a compliment or what. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think it is. This is this you is got terrible. the brains and you're a nice guy. We could pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So, if you want to send us um, send us your assassination theories, how we can get this done, then uh, let's 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 get that let's get that going. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, so who is who is working with African Afri- African species? Uh, there is uh, two French herpetologists. One is uh, Roger Bour, uh, and uh, the second one is uh, Jerome Maron. Okay. And both have been studied African species for a while now. Like they've been, especially Bour, he described a lot of uh, Pelusia species, and um, they've been they they connected two. Uh, Two trips in Africa. One was in 1977 to 2003, and that's where he discovered the Pelusia scupulata. And uh, so, it, so both how both discovered the species and described it. And in 2000, Jerome Maron discovered uh, Pelusia marani. So it, he discovered the species, but it's been described by uh, boar. That's why it, it that that's what the name is Maroni. And uh, so th- that that shows that we still have uh, a lot to learn about Africa and African turtles because those those two species has been discovered like not even twenty years ago. Right. So I think we still have a couple of species to uh, to discover there. So you think there's more? There could be more species there that we haven't even discovered. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's so interesting. What do you think about um, the fact that uh, Pelusios, as a genus, are a lot of them are kind of drab in coloration. They're not like the prettiest turtles you might see, um, especially the ones that you see more often. Some of the more common species that you might see in in captivity. Some of the ones that are imported more often. So um, I think people, I, it's something that I've thought about before, I think maybe people see them, they see that there's different species or different subspecies or what have you, and they, 
they see the different animals, and to them, uh, it's just an African mud turtle. I've seen some people get interested yeah. about like Pelusios nanus, which is a really small species, which is a species that I keep, that we at the turtle room keep. Um, that's just an awesome species, and because it's small, there are some people who are interested. But again, it's just an African mud turtle. Steve, do you have any of the uh, photos of some of the? There we go. There it is. That's that's Pelusios nanus right there, which um, it really is so pretty. Yeah, the adult size is smaller than a spotted turtle, or at least comparable to a spotted turtle. I think they're smaller from what I from what I read recently, but it's you know, yes, um, it's a small turtle. Uh, how many? Here's Castanius. Here, right? Yes. Yeah, that's mine. That's my Castanius. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the photos from the calendar. We'll talk to you guys about that later. Well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Tony, actually, because while we're showing some of these pictures, we have a lot of these pictures uh, for all the species that we work with, not just the, the Pelusios, obviously, but um, they are featured in our calendar, such as is continually behind me. I left this here, by the way, and, and you were making, you were commenting about the, the height of it, Tony, but it's been perfect. I wake up, and I see it every day, and I smile. Um, Dude, you're six foot nine. That, you're, that's knee height. Right, you're and, this, and my bed is not like I don't. I don't sleep standing up. I wake up in bed and look straight ahead, and there it is. Anyway, uh, the point being that if you are listening to the podcast today, and I think Steve, we're going to be going, we're going to sing it until tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah, through uh, midnight tomorrow night. <laughs> through midnight tomorrow, right? Though, if you want to get a hold of one of our new calendars and you use the code uh, podcast twelve. Africa, you will receive 20% off uh, the calendar. So it it pays to to listen, as we've been saying. Um, and you will pay 20% less for listening. We've been saying uh, it pays to listen, but this time we mean this time, right? It is, we're serious <laughs> this time. Um, so we'll mention that again. But podcast 12 Africa, all one all one word. Um, that is that is the code. So. All right, so Kevin, continue. I, I was actually just—I was just going to uh, ask you about the uh, the Pelusios. H how many species of Pelusios are there in Africa? I think now it's like—I um, think it's eighteen, eighteen species. That's a lot. Eighteen. Yeah, that's high, and, yeah. and there may be more. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, there's not not many research has been conducted in Africa, and uh, so oh yeah. We have to mention one of the major actor is uh, ACI, African Killian Institute, uh, which was founded in 2009 by Thomas. <coughs> and uh, so Thomas has been uh, directing his life in African turtle. He's been working a lot with uh, like almost every African species here. So the institute is based, is based in Senegal. And uh, he's doing a very you know, African Kilonian Institute. <laughs> I wasn't sure if he, sorry, folks. I wasn't sure if he said African Culinary Institute, which I was going to definitely want him to talk about. Uh, but sorry, continue. Sorry, it's a sore subject because <laughs> they because the bush <laughs> yes, trade. It's a sore subject. Yeah, true story. They do a great job, though, um, Kevin. I, I yeah. read in the I, I was reading in the this. Um, this year's issue of the Badiger, um, the the yearly um, magazine for the Turtle and Tortoise Preservation Group, and there's a nice, yes. really nice, attractive article too. It looks really good. Um, 
on uh, Tomas and what he's doing out there, and what an amazing thing! If you, you see like the the Waterland tubs they have set up, and I didn't realize when I saw when I saw him too, I recognized him because that that photo um, of him holding the giant male sulcata, um, that photo I've seen before uh, many times. Really, uh, really nice. But um, he's doing some really good stuff. That was a nice article. Yes, that's true. So one, one of the... Uh, so Thomas be working mostly with uh, the uh, Pelusius edensonii, which is a species found in Senegal. Uh, it's a medium-sized turtle. It's like 20 centimeters. That's quite small. And uh, the only place in Senegal where, is it, where it's found is the, the Tok Tok Reserve, the na natural nature reserve. Um, actually, Thomas made that, he made that area protected by the, the Senegal government, I believe in 1996. And so since then, the, 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 the Palooza species is uh, a fully protected turtle in Senegal. So that, that is great. Uh, that's a really good thing. That's awesome. That's really um, awesome. That's what's so cool about what he's doing. He's do, it's obviously captive breeding, education, and you know, working in the wild to actually protect <coughs> and conserve habitat, which is the most difficult and yet most important part of conservation, getting and getting, you know, the natives basically to protect their own species because and we see it in Madagascar, I know we talked about that before, but if you can't yeah. get the people to to buy in, um, or if you can't you know, if if you can't convince someone that these turtles or these tortoises are more important than feeding their family, then it's gonna be an uphill battle and a losing battle, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, agreed. Also, so he's been he's been conducted field uh, field studies throughout Africa, and uh, so he's he started a, a new project last year in Benin. Is is that how you call that country? Yeah, Benin. Yeah. Yeah, Benin. So he's yeah, he's been working for a year in Benin now, and he's trying to um, he's trying to make an area protected. Uh, and uh, this area, you can find uh, two species, Kinexis erosa and Kinexis omeona. I, I don't know how you pronounce that. I, you got it. Doesn't matter. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's doing a, a great, great job on that. And uh, that, I don't know. I mean, we, we lack such, such such institutes and such a people. Yeah, we really do. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Steve, do you have that video yet? Steve's going to pull up a video of Pelusius Adansoni, um, which um, Jared, our, um, our, what do we call? Uh, captive Conservation Husbandry Specialist. Conservation now because he's got um, some stud book yeah. animals. So Conservation Husbandry Specialist um, and one of the best guys you'll ever meet in the world. He works with some awesome animals too um, and some of the most unbelievable morphs you'll ever see. But this video is his um, footage of his Adansoni, uh, you know, doing something that Turtle it is. Like Listen, if, you're, if you're at work, turn it off. It is N-S-F-W. <laughs> 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 
So, uh, yeah, it's really so beautiful, though, isn't it? Look at this guy in the bottom left coming in. What's going on here? That was that was me in all of college. Yeah, and you could guess which one I was. Bottom. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> the more successful young guys are the ones that usually go bald first. So. <laughs> That's true. I'm paying for all my success in the past, John. It's okay. So I have uh, this is I'm intrigued. Um, I, I read an article about I think it was an a, an Af, uh, sorry an Australian species that uh, I I think I might have shared it with you guys I don't remember, but uh, it was about a, a tortoise or a turtle that can it was a mud turtle um, that breathes underwater through its uh, through its anus. So we've yeah. seen it very few times. Um, it's is that the type of thing that we're right? I prefer anus. Um, <laughs> you sure do. I really do. You really do. Is that the type of thing that we can we can wonder like okay maybe this is how we haven't found a species yet because it's never visible to us. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I'm I'm sorry, Kevin. If you want it, you could take it. But yeah, I, I think that's exactly it, John. There's a lot of places, and if if there's no reason for people to go there. Right. Um, oh, I, to okay, look yeah. in that one spot in, within the you know within the habitat, like for instance, in the mud in a specific habitat, or they're not easy to catch for food or what have you. Then you know they can go kind of unnoticed for a while. Right. Well, that's yeah. it's just it's crazy to think about the fact that they could something could be there and we would have no idea. Like there could be an, a really large. Oh, there we go. But see, butt breathing turtle. I I'm not. I wasn't making that up. There could be a really large species, even like a, a soft shell or something, you know, something a, a large, slow-moving river turtle that is in the mud that's breathing out of its butt and has no reason to ever be seen by a human. <laughs> that could be down there. Yeah, no, that's true, actually. Yeah. And Lord knows the uh, the soft shells are, um, you know, are, are a turtle of contention as well right now. Also in Africa, is that correct? Sorry. Did I just? Did I just knock it out of the park with that? Is there something we, we, we want to talk about that? Just drop the mic. Not soft shells. Steve is giving me the most puzzled look right now. I, I am I the line because I was working on something else. Oh, okay. I was like, okay. I, I, was, um, getting, that's I was getting that article into our showcase item over here so people can come back and check it out. And it's so funny. Thing. Guys, if anyone is watching... While we're talking, obviously we're very full of ourselves. Just watch Steve frantically moving from side to side. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I can never tell. But it's really tremendous to watch. Oh my gosh, he's like a he's like an elf in the North Pole. Yeah. You would think he was like manning a space shuttle. He's like constantly doing stuff. I don't. <laughs> um, Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Between <laughs> viewer comments and trying to get all this stuff up on the screen for you guys. Viewer comments. I'm glad you brought that up. Do we have um, Do we have any any uh, any questions? We want to answer a question right now. We do have a few questions. Uh, I'm not sure any of them fit into our topic right now, so I think part of me would save them till the end. Uh, Which part? The part that's going to do it, or the part that's going to actually wait? <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting. Okay, we're waiting. We're going. Yeah, on. I'm told right, so off. Let's keep rolling. On Africa. <laughs> if, yeah, we got, if we got, if we get an African, for those that are listening right now, if you have questions on African stuff, we'll get them in right now. 
Otherwise, we're going to you know, save some, some of these for uh, towards the end of the show so we don't break our African momentum. Okay. If, so if you have any African questions, there's so many directions I could go with that. I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> um, all right, so, so wait, Kevin, is, what else is there... Um, is there anything else going on specifically that you'd like to uh, that you'd like to, to talk about? I know there was a few other. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. Things. Uh, a couple of things. Um, I believe is the IUCN. They worked. They had a meeting in Africa, and they had to review every African species to review the the conservation status. Mm -hmm. And uh, a, so a couple of them has been changed, and especially Kinexis omeana which is now critically endangered. Uh, so Thomas' project in Benin perfectly fits uh, this change because he he's working with Kinexis omeana, and uh, the species just been critically endangered now. Uh, so that, that's a, a really good stuff. Uh, also, there is uh, one species I would like to mention. It's uh, Siconobis edegens, which is a soft shell. Mm -hmm. uh, African soft chat turtle. So this species went For the from record, the what I was status. trying to get at before, no one took my cue and Steve gave me a weird look. <laughs> Continue, sorry. Nubian flapshell. <laughs> Nubian flapshell turtle, mm -hmm. great. And the other, the, the tortoise he was just talking about was a Holmes hingeback tortoise. By the way, Nubian yeah. flapshell turtle, is that the coolest name of any turtle that we've ever, <laughs> we've ever seen? It's pretty, that's really, it's pretty that's up there. That's pretty sick. I'm, yeah, I'm picturing him in like an e with an Egyptian, like with like a Sith and like <laughs> Nubian. I um, <laughs> I hear the word Nubian, uh, and I actually think of Star Wars. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I the, hear more um, when I think of Star Wars. It's weird. The uh, the uh, spacecraft that uh, the um. Nib that the people of Naboo flew were like Nubian. Oh. Was that was the mo was the like the make That's of right. their craft? They were Nubian. You know that was like the brand. A Nubian T14 hyperdrive or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm happy. I'm happy that it only took till episode 12 for these Star Wars nerds to get into that conversation. True story. I'm I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> I'm proud of you guys. It didn't come out that's, earlier. I mean, that's so. been the biggest problem with my my Star Wars life is that they, it doesn't. There's no turtles or, or similar life forms. There's so many aliens. None of them are going to have a shell. Like, come on, George Lucas, JJ uh, Abrams, get on that. I think I, I think the Sith knew just how dangerous turtles were, so they eliminated <laughs> eliminated them first. That makes I sense. Saw, and I love you for saying. I saw a Chinese big head turtle recently that looked like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen some common snappers that strike the same pose. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, tell us more. Tell us more about this this flap shell turtle because they're they're. I, this story is really interesting. <clears throat> yes. So uh, this turtle is found in uh, Western Africa and Eastern Africa. So it, in it Western found, Africa, though? it's found in. Sorry. Is it found though? <laughs> no, well, th no, that's the problem. It's not found anymore. <laughs> so it was found before. Uh, so the the last time uh, it 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 has it has seen for the last time in 1978 in Western Africa. Uh, Thomas has been looking for that turtle for the the past couple of years, and he goes into field trips uh, that like for months just to look for that turtle, and he like, he never found it. Since 1978, 
so that's crazy. So he, we, we still have to check uh, Eastern Africa, but I'm not sure we'll, we'll find it. Uh, the last, uh, the last specimen alive was, uh, was in New York, and it died in 2010. It was kept by, by someone, uh, someone famous in the turtle hobby. Uh, I'm not sure if I can mention his name, but yeah. Uh, so the last known specimen died in 2010. Can I mention his name? Yeah. John, I can tell you John doesn't uh, care. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it was uh, Bill, Bill McCord. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Oh, 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 no, no, no. Don't, don't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but think about that, right? This is an animal that flew completely under the radar and is probably extinct in the wild. Maybe not. Maybe there's a couple somewhere. But, you know, we That's think it's sad. Problem. You know, we have, like, save, you know, save the the panda bears and save the tigers and everything, but there are so many species that are going extinct every single day <laughs> that we don't even know about that are so unique and yeah. so special and so just awesome, and they're just going extinct before we even know that they're gone. That's right. what's crazy. It's the yeah. exact opposite of the Lonesome George thing. This is, you know, that's Lonesome George is the Abraham, you know, the, the Lincoln Monument, the Lincoln Memorial, and this poor guy is buried in an unmarked soldier's grave. Nothing, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nothing. We don't even. We barely even knew he was there. Absolutely. Yeah. Great, great tie-in, by the way. Bring it right back to the beginning. I like it. I try. But yeah, absolutely. It's it's <laughs> just the saddest thing ever. And I will say to bring it back again to to where you were first going with that with the the Conixus um, homiana, the the Holmes hingeback tortoise, which uh, you mentioned. Tom, uh, Tomas is working with um, one of our um, breeders from the Turtle Room is bre has been breeding them successfully. And uh, a really, really good job with them. Um, so uh, I, he doesn't normally like us to mention them very much, but we all have man crushes on them. So, and this is a species that I'm mind talking about. So this is that, that's Ben Ben Forrest, member of the, the Turtle Room, who does an amazing job. One of the best um, keepers around. One of the most knowledgeable guys yeah. around. He's been having a lot of success with them in captivity. So um, that's um, another good thing. Kevin, I have a question. That so this the the Nubian flapshell. What is the type of uh, what is the type of environment uh, that you would that you would find in? So where is Tomas <clears throat> looking? With um, it's a, I want to say it's, a, it's I, I, I thought it was a river uh, a, a river turtle. I'm yes, obviously yes, yeah, it's a, yeah, it lives in rivers, and uh, well, it's a soft-shell turtle, so it spends lots of his time uh, like buried underwater. Right, so slow moving, probably. Yes, so that, that, like you said, it it might be here, but we don't know because it might spend all his time like right. buried underwater. Uh, it might be here, but we. It might just be soaking it. in that oxygen in its butthole down in the water. <laughs> Such a <laughs> very, very possible. Very possible. <laughs> oh my God! Idiot. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So yeah, uh, I think we need we need to investigate uh, this. This more. But how cool is it? See, for the listeners out there, right? You want to hear about your Greek tortoises or your readier sliders or whatever else that we see a lot, and you know the morphs and everything like that. But I mean, Tomas is out there playing Indiana Jones. Like he's out there in yeah. in in the wilds of Africa, like searching for this. You know this diamond in the rough, the needle in the haystack, whatever. 
and like that it, to me that's the coolest thing those that are the guys that, that I'm jealous cool. of that is like, cool. I'm, I'm way more jealous of, of him than, than for that than the guys who are you know breeding a cool more for or whatever I literally this morning I woke up and I couldn't find my headphones and I had to look around the apartment and it was the most fun 10 minutes I had all day and that was just trying to find my headphones Imagine how much fun he's having out there. Exactly. <laughs> just saying. looking for stuff. That's what I'm saying. If you find it, maybe you don't. Yeah. I did not find my headphones, by the way. I found them later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, what do we want to do a question now? Are Let's we, do are a we question. Wrapping up. We can go back to Africa. It'll come back. It'll no, come back. The, we'll have no, questions, too. Not to Marcus uh, Party. You know, I think uh, there is one we can kind of... Um, Kind of squeeze in here and make it apply because I believe an one of the African species uh, has a unique adaptation that we might fit into this question. Uh, a viewer asks um, about the uh, <laughs> what level of intelligence do you think turtles and tortoises have? Ooh, Ooh. oh, that's like interesting. That. Uh. Anyone? I think that, I, listen, this is my thing. I don't know if they have problem-solving ability, but they have the, more so than other than other animals, now maybe obviously you have dogs and, and uh, you know, dolphins are extremely smart, but turtles, they can definitely figure <clears throat> stuff out. They definitely have personalities, and you can see the spark. I, I, you look at a turtle's eyes, you can see the spark of life. It's not like, you know what I mean? I don't know how if that is leads necessarily to intelligence, but I think that that's that's like the kind of the uh, the, the basic the framework. Whereas like a, a sheep, it just looks at you. They just the sheep just stare at you with their weird eyes, and you can tell that there's just nothing going on in there. Like there's so many there's so many animals like that. I don't think turtles are. I think turtles have at least it's it's impossible to measure, but I think that I think they're intelligent. That's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher the specifics of this, but there was a I I, there was a study done. Don't know if it was an official study or not. Don't know if a scientific journal followed the study. I have no idea. But um, there was uh, a study done where they did like a maze. You know, where you do like a maze with um, with mice. like mice or rats or whatever to get through the maze um, in a certain amount of speed or figure out how to get through it. And uh, North American wood turtles outdid whatever the rodent counterpart, counterpart was in the, in the study. And um, I thought that was really interesting. And then I also thought that that had to be bullcrap, but just because they're so much more slower moving. But well, I, I wonder, did, I, they, did they use food at the end? I don't know what, the, I didn't look at any specifics. I, I'm, I can't remember where I'm at. I may have read, you know what, uh, um, Steve, was this in Peter Pritchard's book? Which one? Uh, Tales from the Thabide. That's a French word. Tabide, you have to help me with yes. that one. Um, like on intelligence, you mean? Or yeah, yeah. It might have been. I think it was his book that he talked about it. And I think he talked about like Archie Carr making a funny comment about how that they must have used some of the dumbest rodents ever, or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think I remember the anecdote you're talking about now. Fantastic book, man. Um, anyway, yeah, I think uh, there was also a study done with, uh, I believe, red foot tortoises, where they were able to at least uh, 
see what others were doing to you know defeat an obstacle and learn socially uh, from oh, other really? tortoises. Um, I can't remember when that was, but I <clears throat> I thought I saw that one. And then um, <clears throat> there's also I believe it's isn't it the Pelamedusa genus that they've discovered will hunt in packs occasionally to take down uh, some pr larger prey for food. Nice. Kevin? Say it again. Uh, wasn't there an article or something about, was it Pella Medusa, like, kind of working together in a group sometimes to take down oh, the, yeah. some kind of prey? Yes, exactly. They work together to catch, like, birds and stuff. It's, there's a video on YouTube, actually. Right. There we go. And so, like, I think of something like that, and, you know, I think that, you know, maybe... You know, that shows that they can learn and adapt at the very least, which, while that may not necessarily be an intelligence thing, depending on how they're learning, um, it at least shows that they have some level of intelligence going on. Um, and here's actually, um, trying to find the original article, I just found the blog that links to the... Um, article about redfoots. There's also an article on wood turtle intelligence in here as well. So there's definitely studies being done to find out, you know, how exactly they learn. Um, I need to read that. Can, can you send me the, the articles? Yes, gladly. Uh, I'll let's post, let's just post it. Yeah, let's post it so we can get the well. link to everybody. Um, we'll make sure they show up uh, in the YouTube page when the video gets finalized. Um, I think okay. <clears throat> I think another interesting thing to uh, to look at. Sorry, I'm interrupting, but uh, no, another interesting okay. thing to think about uh, is based on the intelligence. You know, wh where do you factor in like sea turtles that have, you know, they have this enormous uh, radius of the the they go to lay their eggs to one place and then they travel throughout the whole like <clears throat> the instinct factor. Like, how do they they know how to do that? Where does the line between instinct and intelligence end? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I've I've read something about these. They said that they uses they use stars and the moon. Right. I'm right. Yeah. I've, I've read I, stuff like I, that too. I don't know much about that, but well, but that's I mean that's if they can if they can follow the moon like that's what like you know that's what human cultures did and still do for you know millennia like that's yeah exactly. close. I don't know how how many turtles or how many other species of animals. Um, you know, are smart enough to look up at the moon and figure out where they need to go. Like that's, I think that's impressive. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's just me. Um, do we? Was there Steve? What was the turtle? What was the African turtle that you were thinking of? Uh, oh, that was the Pelamedusa species. That, was, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Also, yeah. please just uh, I've seen a couple of them, like. Hunting together, hmm. pretty crazy, pretty cool stuff. The uh, the African yeah. wolf turtle, right? That's what that's that stands for. Which one? <laughs> um, do we have another question. Species. Oh, we have a few other questions. Um, no, go ahead. Uh, another viewer. Uh, here, let me pull them up here. Another viewer asked about. Um, she wants to hear us talk about box turtles because she loves box turtles. Uh, so wait, bugs or bugs? 
Box. <laughs> box turtles. <laughs> like a box. In a box. Like a box of gobstoppers. Turtles. <laughs> All right. Kevin, do you, I don't know, do you have any, you have any uh, particular background with box turtles? Uh, no, I just found one in, like, next to my place last year, but that, that's, that's, all, that's it. Nice. They're, they're certainly a, tend to have personality, um, to say the least. Uh, I've gotten to work uh, with uh, a few of them through a good friend of the turtle room, uh, Joshua Sukunik of turtletowns.com. So we've gotten to work with a bunch of things that way. Um, and they clearly have personality. Uh, I, lots of people love um, those turtles very much because of their personality, their behavior. Uh, and especially the eastern box turtles, just gorgeous. Uh, so box turtles are very uh, fascinating. And uh, especially in the case of the eastern box turtle, they're disappearing far faster than... Yeah they really need to be, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And at some point, there needs to be some kind of turnaround there other than just states prohibiting their um, their capture or keeping or whatever. We need to start being able to return some of our U.S. native species back to the wild as well, I think. Yeah. And especially when it comes to the eastern box turtle, I think that's important. And that's an ongoing theme. We, you know, we're so often looking at the uh, the things that are exotic, and we've talked about this before. But you know, I'm, I think it's important that people that care are dealing with species that we have that we need to deal with. Um, welcome back, Tony. He was just uh, breathing out of his butthole um, in the other room. <laughs> Something like that. Tony, we're talking about box turtles. Uh, Jim, we're kind of. The three of us are kind of slowly struggling along talking about it, so do you have anything to offer about box turtles? It was a viewer request. I just want to let all the listeners know I just want to let all the listeners know that I left on purpose for a moment so that you guys could realize how much I'm the glue of this program. It's so weird because I really was thinking I was like, Oh crap, Tony's gone. What are we gonna what are we gonna do now? Yep. Yep. So you're funny, Steve's smart, Kevin's lovely. He Just remember, <laughs> Kevin has two. You're, you're the glue. The glue—that's the like—that's like standard code for like not really good at anything, but just kind of is around a lot. Yeah, makes the team. The role player, right? Who really <laughs> makes it a team? Okay, well, it's time for you to step up and hit the big shot, role player. Box turtles, go. What about them? <laughs> I know it wasn't the question was flawed it wasn't a very specific question it was, it was talking about box turtles right can you talk sure. about box turtles yeah and love box turtles which, which, right which box turtles turtle. are we talking about the, the genus uh, terrapene or are we talking the genus cora uh, the, the uh, Asian box turtles they Probably just said American. box turtles so I was kind of going on terrapene so and see how he pronounces it differently than I am, and he tries to put his nose up in the air like he's better than me. <laughs> you guys catch that? Just making sure. Yeah, they're they're great. I have I've had an opportunity to work with um, Asian box turtles in captivity. I have some Cora flavo marginata, and I have uh, I've I've been able to work um, with our good friend Michael Musnick, who is a citizen scientist in New York, and he has an awesome um, study going on. North American wood turtles primarily, but he also does some stuff with um, eastern box turtles. Um, really awesome stuff. What's so amazing is, and I probably have mentioned this on a podcast before, so forgive me, 
But what's so cool about our North American box turtles is the immense range that they use, and it's different for every species. For every, I'm, I'm sorry, for every individual. So one turtle may stay in the same place all season, for the most part, and then another one may travel miles at a time without stopping. And that just goes to show you when you know when we protect one, you know, forest area or what have you, one natural area, and leave it as is. Um, but it's only, you know, a square mile, and then there's roads around it in all directions. They're going to be crossing the roads. The, the, you know, just because we can keep them in tanks doesn't mean that they are going to stay in the same spot forever. These these animals move, and they don't mix well with automobiles. Know what I mean? That was about box turtles. That was good. Not many species do mix well with automobiles, except for dogs. But when you when you are part of a study like that, and you come back to your a lot of my animals are kept in my basement. I come down to my basement and I see all of the animals that are kept in all these enclosures. It really is like a humbling experience to say, like, wow, this is a really important thing that I'm a part of and I really need to make sure I do everything I can to provide the most naturalistic conditions possible for these animals because it really is an injustice to have them in captivity. So we really need to take our commitment seriously and make sure we're doing everything we can to provide the most space and the least amount of stress, and the best diet, and the best temperatures, and blah, 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 all the way down the line. Because it really is yeah. amazing how unlike the wild it is in our basements. Or and apparently we need to give them some, some games and some other um, some mental <clears throat> stimulation, too, based on some of these articles we're, we're having, we're, we're sending here. Maybe more intelligent than we think. What if they're listening? What if they like know what we're talking about and we're like, yeah, like this little sucker's gonna die, and they're just like totally understand it. What if they make fun of me when I walk away from them? Right. I think that's probably more likely. That's why turtles are too cool to be like afraid of that. So you're right. One turtle turns the other one is like, well, he obviously isn't feeding us enough because he's got to save all the food for his fad. You know what? Good. Does that make sense? Was that a, a joke? That was the voice you were doing. That was by a turtle. A turtle was. That was a turtle. That was a turtle. They uh, they sound a lot like me. So. I got gotcha. you. I'm. I didn't, I didn't know we needed a Frank Caliendo type to also be the role player. <laughs> <laughs> ask Ask Frank Caliendo to do a turtle impression. I dare you. Do, do your you you do a good turtle though. Do do your turtle into the camera. It'll be perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. <laughs> where they where they swim at the. That looked pretty good. Yeah. Dude, there you, you go, could do one. Tortoise. You could do a tortoise, too. Do your tortoise. Don't, your, don't, that was your regular <laughs> slider. Don't do, this John Weir. don't do this to me. Do your African spur thigh. I don't know if I can. They always do one slow bite, and then they okay. get into That was it. That's all you're getting. That was, that was folks, I'm sorry. He usually gets really into it. He does the, the whole. The arms in front. Stomp first. That just right. happened. That happened. That was yeah, good. Sorry. That was good. That wasn't bad, right? I've been. No, I was, was working on my, my animal impressions. I had to, listen. I had to babysit a child recently by myself, a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you. I did. True story. No one and let you do that. <laughs> I know. No, that's what I said. They asked me, and I was like, "Are you? Are you sure? Like, is it? Is that? I don't know if that's a good idea." But the only thing that I could do that made sense that like the kid liked was animal impressions. Hmm. And she had a lot of turtles. So we were relating on, on that on that level. She had a lot of toy plastic turtles, um, mostly sea turtles. Anyway, we can uh, 
we can we can keep we can keep moving on. Let's give you let's go let's go one more question. We're gonna try to wrap it up here. Let's go one more question, and um, and yeah. All right. Um, our uh, favorite viewer from Connecticut. I think Anthony knows who he means. Yay! Uh, he wants. Uh, he asks uh, how the new four-eyed turtle is doing. Oh. And so I guess I'll, I'll take that one. <laughs> oh, um, Steve. <laughs> I, you know, I had to. He he actually got to see it when we um, when we uh, when we bought it uh, the other Saturday, and so uh, he's doing great. We actually just posted a video to YouTube. Was that yesterday, Anthony? That we got that uh, up? No. Or two days ago? It was uh, like two and a half days ago now, I think. Yeah, um, but he's, he's doing great. He eats very, very well, very aggressively. Um, I, I was actually uh, doing some cleanup in the tank the other day, and he decided my finger must be a worm. And so I got Steve, a little can we get that video up from him. About it? What was that? Can we get that video up while we're talking about it? Uh, yeah, I can I can try to pop that video up here, and it'll take a second. Sorry, right. to run you off Answer the question and surf the web. I know that. I'm sorry. I know. Well, I just was. I should have thought of that. And yeah, rub your belly and tap your head. While I'm doing this, man, that's gonna be tough. Um, I was yeah, he's doing right. great. Yeah. Um, we have uh, some. Some other videos of him eating uh, eating some worms that will be uh, going up at some point here. Nice. Um, he's an absolutely awesome turtle, though, to say the least. What uh, what species is he? Uh, it's Cicalia quadriochilata. The four-eyed turtle. Yeah, the four-eyed turtle. So he's a he's a pretty cool pretty cool turtle. Uh, he's he he basked within a couple days. Uh, he's really uh, made this place his home. Uh, so uh, more videos will be coming. Uh, we're hoping to I'm hoping to get some pretty cool uh, films with him. Uh, see that moss that you see in the picture right now? That's now like under the ramp by the bubbles, and he also got a bunch of it over around the the uh, the filter input. So that's what I was actually cleaning off the the uh, the other day when he decided he was gonna uh, bite at my finger, thinking it was a worm. So uh, he he loves to such a ba. Closure, though, by the way. <laughs> what was that? B.A.? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yes, best anus. Thank what you. What do you think anus? Damn. Oh, I should have I totally went with that. Go. What is yeah. wrong with you? Man. But, yeah, he uh, he seems to really love it in there. Uh, so there's a quick update on our four-eyed turtle, and we named him uh, Bonsai, if you pronounce it like the Chinese do, or Bonsai, like the Vietnamese do. Mm, bonsai! So we go with the latter because this is probably from the Vietnamese. This is probably a Vietnamese uh, origin. Right, right. Uh, with the um, with the markings on his head, he appears to be the Vietnamese uh, variant of the four-eyed turtle. Uh, so one reason we kind of went with a Vietnamese name. Uh, the word "bon" actually means four in Vietnamese. And Sai means false or incorrect. So in some ways, his name means uh, four. false four, you know, false four or incorrect four, which kind of describes the four-eyed look. Steve, okay. listen, listen. If you're interested, if anyone's interested in knowing who is the best animal name giver in the world, it's Steve. Because not only are there good <laughs> names, but there's always a story like that. 
It, it always involves research. It's so good. It's so it good. was actually my, my wife actually got that. Not me. It's my it's all my wife. I can if I could be a fly on the wall when she said it and how excited you were, I I would just I'd give anything for that. You were probably <laughs> giggling like a schoolgirl. Oh, it was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. It really was. You know. It's so good. Um, I mean, remember the name we gave to the first uh, Spangleria, I named it Ka, which is firstborn in Vietnamese as well, since it was the first one Anthony and I had had received as uh, as a hatchling. So, you know, yeah. I kind of I kind of like those uh, you know na- those names with meanings. So right. In the, in this the, is a really good looking. Go ahead, John. No, that's all. This is a really good looking turtle. I mean, this you're not gonna find. This is one of the best finds. You'll ever you'll ever get at a reptile show. We got it for a great price, and it's just it's an amazing turtle. And he's I, healthy as a horse. I yeah, mean, he is he is strong, heavy, strong, active, hungry, handsome, just like me. <laughs> so I have a confession to make. When you guys, Tony, when I talked to you, you said we got a four-eyed turtle. I thought you got like a genetically deformed, like a two-headed turtle. I was like, oh, cool. that's really cool. Like this thing, how did it get four eyes? And then I watched that video, and I didn't even connect. I was like, what? I was like, that's those markings are so cool. They look like eyes. I wonder what kind of turtle that is. That's what I said to myself. <laughs> perfect. A moron. Too bad it's not albino. If it was albino, it'd be special. You know. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Uh, we do have another question that uh, just came in a few minutes ago. If you want to take another one. Oh yeah. I think we got time for another one. Let's, let's keep it going. Uh, all right. Arctic yeah. Newt uh, asks. Oh, uh, I, lo- I like you- him. Hello, on YouTube, Arctic Newt. On YouTube, he says, "Why do you think Pelamedusa subrufa are able to adapt in Africa?" Kevin, take it away. The great nice. question. Yeah. A little tough one. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I think we have to uh, just kind of speak almost hypothetically because uh, you know we don't really know for sure. I don't think so. How are they able to adapt? Is that a question? Yeah. How do they? How or why do you think they are able to adapt in Africa? Um, we have first of all, you have to know the Pelomedusa is is kind of in between um, tortoise and turtle because it, it it doesn't have the I can't remember what it has something special with his toes. Like he he adapted himself to the to the land more than to the water habitat. Mm-hmm. And he like, he walks a lot. He just Pelomedusa just basically goes from pond to pond. It's not even pond, it's like temporary water bodies like <clears throat> it's like a puddle. More than a pond. Yeah, yes. When they when they're on land, you can see them moving. They're they're fast. You've seen them on land? Yeah, I just saw. I just watched a little uh, a little video in the last ten seconds. Actually, I did. (laughs) You think so? There in Africa, the dry the season gets really dry, and the water holes dry up. So it's I'm I'm. From what my limited knowledge, it seems like it's developed to be able to run from one, you know, run over land during the dry season to get to the next um, place of yes. water and then to bury itself once it gets there. That's what they think. Right. That's 
It's pretty and sweet. And also, um, like, Pelumi Desire is, is found throughout the whole continent, like from the north to the south. Yes. And uh, the temperature of is very different. Like, the north, north part of Africa is pretty hot. But South Africa could be really, really cold sometimes. Right. And uh, I don't know how this species is, like, really adapts itself to the habitat, but I, I don't know how. <coughs> yeah, really cool. uh, yeah uh, he actually just clarified his question a little bit more, and he says, by that I mean, why are they able to have such a large range? And I think we just kind of started talking about how their range is, is yeah. so big. Oh. Uh, and, and Kevin didn't even see, you know, his... Uh, you know his clarification here, and uh, you know I think one of the reasons, uh, and I think we're going to all start learning more about that. Uh, I don't think we've even talked about this yet, but it was on our list of possible things to cover. Is uh, the Pella medusa subrufa species is being broken into how many is it, Kevin? Uh, ten. Ten species. Ten other ten separate species, not subspecies, but full species. And so okay, I, I totally. think uh, this gives us a picture of how they've, not necessarily how or why, but like how it's happened, but that it that they have adapted and evolved kind of to meet the needs of the part of Africa they live in. So enough yeah. so that the, those living in South Africa uh, are now going to be a different species in the same genus than those living in uh, North Africa, for instance. So then that's, that's the answer to the question, that is that they're all different species. They've all developed, that's why the range is so wide, because it's actually 10 yeah. species. One exactly, right. And I think I think it'd be very interesting uh, if there was some way to figure out how long ago this um, break has happened, because obviously there's not a whole lot of visual difference, which is one reason why they've been basically seen as one species for so long. Uh, because we, you know we haven't had the genetic uh, anal analysis capabilities for, for too long, and so the genetic yeah. analysis is kind of changing how we look at things now. So it would be interesting to see really how long they've adapted, or if it, it maybe it's a more recent thing, or if it is a, a they've been adapted like this for years. We just were never able to tell because of how similar their appearance was. Okay. What's so cool about that, what that makes me think about is if you can split a species like that that looks similar and will become different species or, or subspecies based on genetic testing. Steve, drink up. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> drink up and I'll tell you. Steve, uh, you're my favorite person to watch in this whole thing. I know I already said that once, but... <laughs> <laughs> that was great. You had a little trouble with the ice cube. <laughs> Actually, I was <laughs> chewing on the ice cube, but, you know. <laughs> Let me finish my thought. I had something really profound. Go, I know. Go. Just let Steve choke in peace. <laughs> so, listen, if if that could happen with with this species, right? Look at him. <laughs> he shut his camera off. If you could... If you can have something like that happen with this, right? Where you're splitting it up into these subspecies or species... Um, separate from one another, even though they look the same, now with genetic testing, so obviously something has been changed, perhaps, to help them have such a large range. Think about the North American spotted turtle that has a range from Canada to Florida. So and, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's been said that, you know, the, nor the, the further north you find a spotted turtle, the larger the animal is. So the ones in Florida are very small, 
That's and hmm. the ones up north are larger. Pause um, for a second there. The yeah. um, the map turtles with large ranges, same thing. The southern populations stay smaller. The lar- the northern populations uh, get larger. And that's the um, oh. the uh, yeah. I believe the western painted turtle is the same way, mm-hmm. as well. <coughs> and so this is something that's common not just in the spotted turtle, but in a number of North American species with large ranges. Why it's is that, though? I would think that there would be more, like, more food and more stuff to eat and things in the south. Is that wrong? Um, yeah, I, you know, I it makes sense that you'd think the, 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 the southern ones would get larger, but for whatever reason, they, they don't. I haven't been able to Maybe you know, more hypothesize... Hypothesize why the the northern ones also tend to take longer to mature, mm-hmm. Way, um, yeah. for, so for which, which makes perfect sense because yeah. it is colder, so they have a shorter growing season, so they take more years till till they reach maturity. Uh, but as to why they get bigger as a final outcome, really good question. I have a thought. But, that's but, very interesting what you said. Pacific pond turtles also get larger in the north as well, and when they were broken into two subspecies, the larger was uh, the nominate was was um, the more northern of the of the species. But um, my thought is what I've thought when I kind of ponder this is perhaps the larger animals lay larger eggs, which then produce uh, which with many if if you're looking at any species that you breed, usually if you have a larger older female, she won't necessarily lay more eggs in a clutch. But she will lay larger eggs, and larger eggs have a better mm-hmm. chance of surviving, um, surviving the winter and over nesting, overwintering in the nest. Um, but why are the I eggs mean, larger though? That's still then. That's you know what what came first, the larger egg or the larger female to lay it? Uh, which, I don't know. Whichever one wandered up there was could it be? I mean, correlation to age. You're saying an older female lays, could, it, lays larger. I'm saying that that is correlated to age among many uh, throughout many species, but I'm saying with right. with these species that are larger in the in the north in the cooler um, in the cooler areas, perhaps they are you know perhaps they are larger for that reason. Um, and then um, the other thing too, you'd think they'd have a long active season like a spotted turtle in Florida, but they spend a lot of a lot of time estivating if they're if they're in a warm environment like that. So they're spending their time, you know, buried under leaves. Um, they do the same thing up here. Um, you know, we're, we, are, we are in a very cold climate, and they spend pretty much the whole summer buried under leaves, and they're active in the spring and fall. And they're active in the mornings and in the evenings um, when, when it's cooler as well. Just saying. Yeah, that makes sense. Just saying. I'm I'm really interested in that the correlation between age though. I don't that I don't we have a good uh, a good explanation for. I'd like to get into that more. Usually young females will produce smaller eggs. The clutch the amount of eggs in the clutch doesn't necessarily um, get larger as they get larger. It's just at more successful, more seasoned females produce bigger eggs, and then if, if that starts to decline, if they're really right, old... Is there a reason for that? Process, I'm saying, is, there, is there some sort of <laughs> biological or evolutionary um, benefit to an older female laying 
larger, healthier eggs? Is it because they have more time, they have more buildup of calcium from the diet, or is that a possibility? I'm not sure. Maybe uh, they're also uh, a young female who's laying her first time isn't done growing yet either, which I think is a factor. Uh, so uh, you know, a female that's laying for her twentieth season is a bigger. But you lay more eggs when you're younger. Typically, a bigger ant. Well, but they're not They're not like humans who are born with a limited amount of eggs. They keep producing eggs as they, as they age. Um, so it's kind of a different, different mechanism of of egg development. So <clears throat> I would I would figure that's a factor. Uh, young females are smaller, so it makes kind of sen sense that they wouldn't have as much space for bigger or even more eggs. And so as they grow larger. Uh, they may lay a larger eggs or a larger clutch even. Uh, it has been reported with some species that they do le uh, tend to lay larger clutches as they get older. Which also, again, with the percentage of turtles that make it to adulthood, the more uh, eggs you have in a clutch, the better chance in the wild one of them is going to make it to adulthood and continue right. to propagate the species. Right. That makes sense. So there. Yeah. So they're not necessarily correlated to... Um, to number of eggs, more just to size. Mm -hmm. Like a younger doesn't necessarily have a younger, you know, in, in your experiences, younger female doesn't lay more eggs, just smaller eggs. A younger might lay more eggs, but she won't. She won't lay more eggs as she grows necessarily. She might lay right. around the same clutch sizes. Right. Uh, some just end up laying more than others, but. Um, but the larger egg, though, we can. The larger egg is, has a better chance of surviving. Yes. Yep. Right. So. Okay. So an older female has a better chance of having the offspring survive. Is a is a general thesis. <clears throat> right. Yeah. They have a better idea of what they're doing. Okay, right. Older older chicks always do. They, um, they always do. So I, we wanted to say um, again. I, I think. Do we have Do we have time for another question? I know we're we're getting. Of course uh, we do. Okay. Yeah. Then I guess we'll toss another one out here. Um, so Palmedusa da 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 da. All right. Uh, let me make sure there aren't any new ones. If there aren't, we'll go get a second one from our first. Uh, question. All right. Um, <clears throat> favorite reptile show. Of course, I think most of us have only been to the have been, only really been to a few of them, so we have a limited selection. Uh, so maybe it'll be interesting to get Kevin's perspective because I think everybody's already heard how much the rest of us uh, like Hamburg as far as the lo the regional ones here. Uh, Kevin, what's the favorite one you've been to? Uh, I haven't been to many reptile shows because I. I don't really like it. Uh, I, I think I think the best one is uh, Ham, which is uh, take place in, uh, German, in Germany. Isn't it in Hamburg, Germany? Oh yeah, yeah, it's this one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so apparently the name Hamburg is correlated to uh, to uh, good reptile shows. Whether it be in Germany or in Pennsylvania, and also good dinner options. If you're speaking well, of the hamburger, 
Right. Take anything past you. No. <laughs> no, for real. Have you heard about this show in, in, in Germany? Mm. Yeah. Read about it. How, how do you call it? Hamburg. That's right. No, it's ham. Oh, really? Ham. H-A-M. H-A-M-M. Yep. I may be wrong. No, it is. Yeah. It's ham. Yeah. Yep. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, it might be this one. It's, well, it's one of the biggest. Have you been, Kevin, or is that just... Have you heard about it? No, I haven't been there yet. Okay. I personally enjoyed I, the... I, I personally enjoyed Daytona because it's... um. It's not so much for the for the show, and I feel like the more that we get into this stuff, the less we enjoy the shows per se. Because usually our money's already spent buying stuff from our friends, so really the only reason to go to the shows is just to talk to people, network, and just yes. be nerds. You know, be feel comfortable being a nerd with other nerds. But um, remaining nerds uh, together. Yeah, nerds and nerds living in harmony together for a few minutes at least. So Daytona is cool though because there's a lot of stuff around it and I don't mean like geographically, I mean like there are a lot of things scheduled around it. Um, There was a gentleman, uh, there is a gentleman who used to have um, get-togethers at his place and you can go over and actually see um, what's going on there as far as what he's breeding and everything, his breeding ponds, really really cool experience. And then ZooMed sponsors Turtle Night which is before um, the show, and there's also a um, a banquet put on by um, Austin's Turtle Page or um, Turtle Forum, um, where they have a banquet as well down there um, around the show. So there's a lot of different things going on. There's a uh, I don't know how to pronounce this word. Uzark, the U S Uzark, that yeah. that does such great work with you know. Um, with reptile um, uh, legislation, they have they sponsor a um, or I don't know if they if they sponsored or if they're the main benefactor of the auction at um, down there at the Daytona Expo as well. So there's all sorts of things going on, and that's why I think that's a really cool expo. So Hamburg is kind of this you know um, this cool place. I'm going to use this phrase again for like the second or third time this show, but it's kind of a diamond in the rough place where you. You um sorry, but you can kind of it's really cool. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, I don't know if it's Amish country or not, Steve, but it sure looks like it. Uh, and, it's uh, not quite. There are some Amish in Berks County, but not all that many in the Hamburg area. It's all Amish to me, my friend. It looks Amish. There's cows and big <laughs> farm things that you'd see on a postcard from Pennsylvania. Farm but, equal um, Amish. That's the cool. one in the one in Mesa, seem, in Mesa, Arizona, seems to be the same. Um, we've been asked to speak at the the Turtle and Tortoise Preservation Group TTPG conference um, the last couple of years, and we haven't been able to make it down yet. But we're really going to try for next year, and that one seems really cool. Um, the TTPG does a tons of ton of things around that conference where they're having. Uh, well, they're having their conference, and then there's the reptile show over the weekend, and then before the conference even, they're letting people go to, you know, the Fife's compound and different stuff like that to see the where the breeders live and, and their stuff that they work with, and, and we really missed out on that one, but those now are the most attractive things because you can actually get more out of it than just a reptile show. So I'm sorry I went long on that, but it's something I'm very passionate about. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> you do love it. I do. I really do. <coughs> All right. Well, we wanted. To, I think we're we're we should wrap 
wrap it up here now. Um, there's a few things that we wanted to mention before we uh, before we do that. We wanted to say again the um, if, if you're gonna the, the code for the calendars, twenty um, percent off for the next twenty four hours. If you get up there, check it out. The code you can put in at checkout is podcast twelve Africa. Um, so please check. You know uh, again, uh, head over to the website and take advantage of that. Um, good coupon. I love coupons, so any coupon is a good is a good bet. Um, there's a girl behind you. There is, is there a lady? There's, um, a girl, there's a girl behind you. Yeah. Uh, cool. <laughs> um, don't tell her we're talking about turtles, or she won't be behind me for long. Um, Kevin, <laughs> yes. thank you so much for coming on. We I think this was a this was a great time. We'll definitely we're going to have you uh, have you back, and we appreciated everything. Sure. Uh, you know, your, you. your opinions. Um, you guys, do you have anything you want to say to wrap it up, Kevin, or anyone else? <clears throat> yeah, I do. Uh, what I say is, uh, let's forget about Asian turtle and <laughs> let's focus on Africa. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> That's so <laughs> no, great. He's right. But he's a bit of a homer. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I was just kidding. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, I think this is one of the things that we love about Kevin too is he's got a slightly different uh, passion than the rest of us, and so he's a great addition uh, to our organization. He's been with us now for uh, about six months. He joined us uh, and helped us produce that uh, that a uh, native uh, map resource that uh, was so popular at the end of June, beginning of July. Yeah, that was and, great. Uh, he and I have other projects we're also working on uh, for the future. Uh, so it may take a little while, but keep your eye out for the next uh, the next prod the next kind of application uh, that Kevin and I uh, are working on. And um, so we we've got a lot of cool stuff. We hope uh, for the, for 2015 coming up. Uh, we hope it'll be another great year of new educational resources, uh, more uh, contributions to conservation and uh, continuing to meet our mission of education, conservation, and ultimately survival uh, for turtles and tortoises around the world. All right. Well, Kevin, thanks again. We'll definitely have you on again. Um, sure. Definitely. This is, uh, Tony, do you have anything else? No, just thank you, Kevin, man. It's great having you on, and uh, you know, I look forward to years of collaboration in the future. So don't go By anywhere. Way, how did you get yeah, on a podcast during finals? Me? Yeah, you don't have finals. Uh, I did one. I, I did have a final on Monday, but uh, that's it. Yeah. Incredible, in truly incredible. I know I was dead to the world when I had finals, but <laughs> again, thank you. We are now the we are the podcast. We are breathing out of our butts, and we are signing off. All right, Speak for yourself. <laughs> I think that's a great tagline. I think so too.